I love the story in Mosiah 7 and 8 when Ammon finds um, Limhi and his people. And what a miracle that is, is they have been in bondage to the Lamanites and paid half of everything, 50% in taxes. And as I read this this morning, there were some cool things that stood out to me. Um, in verse 1, it tells us that um, King Mosiah sent some people out to go and find out what happened to these people who had left. And because they wearied him, his people wearied him with their teasings. And I, I've often wondered as I've read this, why they cared what happened. I mean, they left. So why did, why did this bother them? And all of a sudden, as I read this morning, it's because they truly are an answer to prayer to Limhi's people. Those um, feelings that kept coming, those people keep questioning and asking, where are they? What's happened? All of that is in answer to prayer to Limhi and and his people who are praying for deliverance and so i loved that and so it tells us in verse four that they go and they wander 40 days and the thing that struck me with that is they could have thought um why weren't their prayers being answered why was this so hard and i'm sure they wondered where the lord was and questioned how come he wasn't helping them and the reason that stood out to me is I thought um, so often in our life when things don't go easy, we tend to question and ask where the Lord is and why he's not helping us or guiding us. But I truly believe the Lord's hand was in that and kind of getting them to a place, I believe, where they were praying more focused and and um, hitting their knees, asking for him to be with them. And sometimes when things are easy, most of the time when things are easy in our life, we aren't praying fervently for the Lord. But I can guarantee that after 40 days and of hunger and of feeling lost and frustration, I'm sure that they were completely pouring out their heart to God. And so I love that. And then in verse 6, they get there and forego just four of them go to investigate and kind of fill this out and talk to the king. And in verse seven, they're bound and they're taken and they're cast into prison. So again, I thought, I'm sure they're questioning the Lord. Like, oh my gosh, here we are. And now we're in prison and it's two days. It's not hours. It's two days. And then they're brought in front of the king and interrogated in verse eight. So again, I thought this is an opportunity for them to really pour out their heart and focus their prayers to God, begging for his help. And I really believe that's the purpose of everything we go through in life is to learn that we are nothing without God and that we need him in all things. So in verse nine, Limhi introduces himself. He's King Noah's son. And I love that he's introducing himself when we get to verse 11. And he says, basically, the only reason I haven't killed you is because I was curious why you would have the courage to come here and, and approach our land. And I love that. It makes me laugh so hard. And then in verse 12, I love that Ammon is so respectful. Here he has not been treated kindly. Here he's coming really to find out where they are and where they've been. But he's so respectful. He isn't rude at all. And he says, if you had known, I am sure 
that you would not have treated us thus. And I just find it so interesting that he is so respectful and kind. And I think that's a big lesson for the rest of us, even when we know that we're right and we're here to do something kind and maybe people don't treat us very well, that we still remember who we are and who we represent and that we're still kind. And I love that. Okay. And then in 14, I love that Limhi says, okay, now we're going to rejoice. Now I know who you are. We're going to have this big feast and I'm going to gather my people and we're going to rejoice because you are our answer to prayer. You are going to deliver us. And the thing that made me laugh so hard is I thought, remember how many came? How many came to investigate where they were and what had happened? How come Limhi is so sure they're the answer to prayer? He has been praying. That's why he's so sure. He doesn't know how, but he has been praying them here. And all of those wearings and teasings from those people to their king is what brought them here. And he knows and recognizes this is an answer to his prayers. And I love that. Okay, 16. Um, he goes back and he gets the others and they're brought and they had suffered. This is where it tells us they had suffered hunger and fatigue. This journey to find these people had not been easy. And the thing that I love about that is I thought of general conference yesterday. We just finished conference. And one of the quotes I really, really loved was by Elder Oaks. And he says, Sometimes our needed growth is achieved better by suffering and adversity than by comfort and tranquility. And I wouldn't say sometimes, I'd say all the time. Um, I think it's rare that we learn what we need to learn through comfort and um, tranquility. So I loved that quote. Okay, 17. I love that Limhi gathers the people to the temple. These are not baptized people at this point. This point, sorry. These people were King Noah's people. They were wicked. And I love that they have learned enough that they have gathered at the temple. And it's obvious that they have learned to put the Lord back in their life. And I love that. And then in 18 and 19, I love um, that the trust that Limhi recites and the faith that he recites to his people. And so I love in 19, he says, lift up your heads and rejoice. Put your trust in God, in that God who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and caused that they should walk through the Red Sea. I just love that he exhibits such faith and it tells us how much they have changed and then in 20 that same God has brought our fathers out of the land of Jerusalem and has kept and preserved his people it is because of our iniquities and our abominations he has brought us into bondage I love that they take full responsibility they absolutely know Limhi absolutely knows this is what they have done wrong and then we find out um that in 22, all the taxes, and in 23, how hard this has been. But again, in 25, he says, For if this people had not fallen into transgression, the Lord would not have suffered this great evil to come upon us. But behold, they would not hearken to his words. And even a prophet of God, 26, they have slain. And he's talking about Abinadi. And I love that. I love that they take full responsibility and know that their adversities and their trials are truly 
because the Lord is trying to turn them back to him. And they recognize that. And then in 29, 32 and 33, these are the whole key. And this is the whole takeaway, I think, from this chapter 29. For behold, the Lord has said, I will not succor my people in the day of transgression. I will hedge up their ways that they prosper not, and their doing shall be a stumbling block for them. What a gift that God does that to really hedge up the way. Bind my wandering heart to thee. We pray that. Please, Heavenly Father, keep me with you. I love that. And then 32, and now behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and we are smitten and afflicted. 33, but if you will turn to the Lord, with full purpose of heart and put your trust in him and serve him with all diligence of mine. If you do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you. I love that none of this has diminished his faith. None of this has made him question God and turn from God. All of this has made him turn to God and lead his people in a better way. And I love his faith. 33 is just the most awesome verse. And then we go to chapter 8. And I love that we find out in verses 6 through 9, they've tried. They have tried. They have used their prayers and they have tried by their own means to get free. And they can't. And what a blessing that is because they learn that we can't do it on our own. They learn to be patient. They learn to turn to him. And that is the whole trial of our life is to turn to God in all things and acknowledge we cannot do it without him. I also love that even in that trial of trying and failing, they get this great gift of the record of the Jaredites. And what a record that is. The brother of Jared, what a gift these plates are. And so I love that. And then in verse 13, I mean, he's begging for this to be translated. I love that Ammon teaches us a really awesome thing where he says, um, that no man can look in the interpreters. They do have a way, but it's through the interpreters, the scriptures, only those who are commanded of God. And then he said, whosoever is commanded to look in them, the same is called a seer. And then we go down in 16 and 17, and this is what we learn. And Ammon says, a seer is a revelator and a prophet and a gift, which is greater. No man can have except he possess the power of God. 17, but a seer can know of things which are past and things which are to come and by them shall all things be revealed. And the thing that I thought about this, I just love that, especially coming off conference, is I have now heard from so many people who felt exactly like I did and the chills that went through me as we sang, we thank thee, O God, for a prophet as our very last song and saw people around the world from all countries singing. And we thank thee, O God, for a prophet. And I just cried as this coronavirus has brought us all together, brought us all to our knees, humbled us all, put us in the same boat where we're all worried economically, we're all worried um, spiritually, we're all worried physically, and it has led us to believe in the prophet of God, who is the prophet to the world. And I just loved that. So I love that testimony of what a prophet is here. And then I also loved the other time that I felt so powerful about President Nelson was the end of Saturday's conference. 
um, the evening session when he called for a fast, a worldwide fast, our second fast, but basically said to expect miracles, that we can pray for miracles to end this, to pray for that, to fast for that. And I love that he said the fast Friday, good Friday will be a great day. I thought that was so cute that he said that. Okay, and so then we go into verse 19 through 21 as he's finishing his speech at the temple to these people. And I wanted to read 20. Oh, how marvelous are the works of the Lord. How long does he suffer with his people? Yea, how blind and impenetrable are the understandings of the children of men, for they will not seek wisdom. And I love that, that they will not, that she should rule over them, nor that they desire that she should rule over them. And this is actually um, Ammon who is speaking or the king. Let's see. The king rejoiced and gave thanks to God. Yeah. Limhi is saying that to the people. So I love that, that um, truly God is the God of the world, world and the God who gives us wisdom through the Holy Ghost and the God who really has his entire goal to lead us to him. And all our adversities and all of our trials are to bind our wandering heart to him and teach him that teach us the things that we need to do to be his sheep. How grateful I am for a prophet of God. This story is such a great illustration after coming off of conference of what the what the prophet's role is and how lucky we are to have a prophet. I love that Limhi and his people have so turned their hearts through these horrible trials after of coming from King Noah, his father, who was probably one of the most wicked men that we read about in the scriptures. How in the world did he get a Limhi? I guess it's the same thing as Lehi. How how in the world did Lehi get a Laman and Lemuel? Well, um, this horrible prophet or this horrible king, excuse me, Noah, got an incredible son, Limhi, who learned from the wickedness of his father and led these people. They haven't been baptized yet, but men are their hearts prepared and ready to join as they are delivered and come back with their the others that have left, which is Ammon, who has taken the believers with him, and they will reunite and they will then be baptized. And we're going to, the next chapters is going back to the beginning of that story when Zenith left and started this story. And so I just love this. I hope that it fortifies your testimony as much as it has mine. So grateful for conference. So grateful for the knowledge I have that we can expect miracles as we fast together. It's so fun to hear people say, I'm in, I'm going to fast. And I've seen that from so many people who say, I'm not a member anymore. or I'm a Jew. I'm going to join you. So cool and so touching to my heart. The other miracle that I just wanted to quick mention is our family got tested on Friday and all of us are negative. And I'm so grateful to the goodness of God because I can promise you no one has been more exposed to the germs than I was as I sat and took care of my dad on Saturday before we knew his diagnosis and my husband who gave my dad a blessing. And I truly feel, for whatever reason, the Lord has spared us and given us a miracle and a blessing. And many times while I was there, I thought there are probably angels protecting me from all of these germs that are just crawling all over me as my dad coughed and 
and just was so sick. I'm so grateful for that miracle. I do not feel I deserve it. I do not understand why, but I am so thankful. And when I got the results this morning, I just started to cry and I'm so thankful to the goodness of God and so looking forward for all of us fasting together. The church is true and God loves you.